You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. crystal light into a sea of dew. Where are you going and what do you wish? The old moon asked the three. We have come to fish the herring fish that lived in the beautiful sea. Nets of silver and gold we have, said Winkin, Blinkin, and Nod. The old moon laughed and sang a song as they rocked the wooden shoe, and the wind that sped them all night long ruffled the waves of dew. The little stars were the herring fish that lived in the beautiful sea. Now cast your nets wherever you wish, never afraid are we. So cried the stars to the fishermen three, winking, blinking, and nod. All night long their nets were thrown to the stars in the twinkling foam. Then down the stars came from the wooden shoe, bringing the fishermen home. T'was all so pretty a sail it seemed as if it could not be, and some folks thought t'was a dream they dreamed of sailing the beautiful sea. But I shall name you the fishermen three, winkin', blinkin', and nod. Winkin' and blinkin' are the two little eyes, and nod is a little head, and the wooden shoe that sails the skies is a wee one's trundle bed. So shut your eyes while mother sings of wonderful sights that be, and you shall see the beautiful things as you rock in the misty sea, where the old shoe rocked the fishermen three, winkin', blinkin', and nod.
in the Sandman Lullaby here on RPA, Real Paranormal Activity. If I've never really let you know who did the music for that, that's called Empty. The name of the band right there is Empty. They're in the uh, Tampa, Lakeland, Florida area. But what we're going to do tonight, we're reaching out there. I am going to a reverend friend of mine. This is a reverend from uh, all the way up in Georgia. And uh, actually, he has a very uh, explicit name, which, you know, when you talk to your reverend, you want to be able to say, hey, Rev. But also, you can say, hey, Reverend Fry Daddy. And this is Reverend Fry Daddy. What's up, Rev? I called number three and I went tickets to MC. Yeah, you got you got the tickets. We got a, we got tickets for you to go see Striper. Yeah, it's Striper back in the day, dude, but Striper's still around, dude. I mean I know, I know, trust me, I know. They they just Your put brother's still rocking it out. They just put <laughs> out a new album and actually it it sounds really good, but when I play Striper here at the radio station when I do because you know, like I I do death metal and stuff like that. Right, right. And uh I have to play like something like Cannibal Corpse or some uh or some Slayer or something like that. So it's equal time. Since Striper is a Christian metal band, I at least have to put on a black, you know, satanic band on or something to make it feel even. Because, you know, that's that's the, that's the, well, that's the Libra thing to do. <laughs> it's the Libra thing to do. It's the Libra thing to do. Zodiac. Yeah, but, yeah, well, I'm a Gemini. So what's your Zodiac, dude? Oh, here's a funny story. <laughs> it's been about seven 17 months now i am no longer what i thought i was no 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 no. you change you change yeah since, since they came out with the 13th zodiac it's called the orphicus serpent bearer my birthday falls directly in that really i haven't heard about the 13th zodiac now now tell me a little about tell me a little about uh, oh go ahead no, no, I was saying, go ahead and tell me about that. I, I, I do uh, astrology, but, you know, you're throwing me off on You're very knowledgeable in these areas. So that's why I enjoy having you on tonight, because you know a lot of this, the, these little deeper inside mysteries that people don't know about. Well, okay, remember like back in the 80s and 90s, they came up with the, um, the Sun and Moonshine book? Yes. Everybody read those books because it gave you a pinpoint accuracy of what your zodiac is about you. Right, and I gotta think it was mine was dead on. But see, I'm not a fire sign though; I'm water sign, but I'm Sagittarius. But for years, I knew if something was different, different about who I am and what I do and ways I think. Now, 17 months ago, NASA and, and some other people came up with the 13th zodiac, and it's called the Orphicus, and it falls directly between Sagittarius and the next um, zodiac sign. My everything that they pointed out in the new Zodiac triples what the Sun and Moonshine Moonshine book did back in the eighties and nineties. Well, the Sun sign's supposed to be your conscience, and your Moon sign's supposed to be your subconscious. Well, no, there was, but there was a, there was a book called the Sun and Moon signs, and they basically gave the Zodiac signs and gave descriptive details of who you are. And I, was, it, it's spooky. I don't know if you ever read that book, but it was popular in the eighties and nineties. No, I don't think I read that one. I, I think I read you know, Astrology for Dummies or something like that. They have so many astrology books out there. Well, see, I used to... I used to do charting back when you had to, you know, you had to write it by hand. But that's the the miracle of uh, the computers now. Boom, you just type the the time and the dates and everything, and your your chart comes straight up. 
Oh, hell, the commander. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because like I was, um, I was, you know, going to the internet, finding different things to research, whatever. And I come across an article that they now discovered a 13th Zodiac. So I looked it up. It's called the Orphicus, the Serpent Bear. The kicker is I'm afraid of snakes, though. Oh, wow. You're in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not in trouble because it actually goes beyond just being a serpent bear. But the serpent bear is the healer. Well, no, I'm saying you're in trouble because my, my Chinese astrology is I'm a snake. Oh, that is, no, no, no. Okay, but see, now, uh, I, I was traumatized as a child with a prank from a babysitter's boyfriend, you know, 1973, 4, whatever he's old, chasing me around the house with a rubber snake. So I was traumatized with that. As I got older, I learned to overcome certain fears, but I'd always have these reincurring things about serpents. And, of course, the dreams were there, but the snakes and everything. But I took um, a herpetology class, which is a study of reptiles and everything like that. And I got, you know, comfortable, but it's always had that certain fear, you know, of the serpent, you know. But it's like, as long as I see where you are, we're cool. If I'm walking to the mailbox and I trip over you, yeah, we're going to have an issue. I'm not going to kill it, but we're going to have an issue. <laughs> but, yes, it's, just, it's ironic that I grew up thinking I was a hunter. Now, but I knew I wasn't a hunter. I knew I wasn't an archer. I wasn't a, I wasn't a satyr, you know. I wasn't that. <laughs> Well, let's go to some. Well, let's go some of your background. Your, some of your background knowledge. Tell tell me about right. some of your background. Um, like I said, we uh, boys basically born and raised in Orlando, Florida. I'm fourth generation. My mom's folks, folks, folks came over on a on a boat. They hit the Carolinas and decided to go south. And we've been there ever since. Or <laughs> well, been there ever since. And what about some of your schooling background? I watched Orlando grow up, you know, from the orange groves to what it is now. Right, right. I was a, I was a part of that that world. So, what about your uh, schooling background? Um, same thing. Um, I, I moved around a lot, believe it or not. Um, even if you know Orlando is a centralized location, I still moved around from school to school. I went through at least. I think three elementaries before I hit my final elementary school, which was Pine Hills. Then from Pine Hills, I actually met friends that I went all the way to high school with. Went to an all black, majority black um, uh, middle school. We called junior high school back then, of course. And that's where I lived. That's where I thrived. I actually didn't move to a white community until I was 13 years old. And it kind of what got you interested in stuff like uh, astrology and theology? Something always okay. Um, I think I think a lot of it, you know, what is media media influence? Because as a kid, I see a movie or a TV show, and it was sparking interest, so I want to go find out about it. And of course, in the '80s, being of course the metal generation, you know, you see the album covers and go, "What is that? <laughs> what are they doing? What are they singing about?" <laughs> and of course, there's always the occult that brings it into it, you know. So did, did that actually draw you deeper, the study of the occult? Does that basically... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, definitely, definitely. Because I went into it, you know, thinking a certain way. And, of course, I don't know if you know the story, but how I met Jester, but he was actually one of the main influences that put me on a different path. Okay. You know, I put, I put down the, the pitchfork and picked up the feather. Yeah, there's, you know? a, there's nothing wrong with that. It's one of my best... No, but see, I was a good thing, because I was heading down that direction. Right. But now... Going, going here, and I'm like, okay, now I have a connection with something. I, I'm, I'm researching. I'm, I'm diving into it. I'm diving into it. Then I find something else. 
What would, like, maybe I don't belong over there. <laughs> what would you I'm say? Not a, you know, a wicked. What right? would you know? So, uh, what, what would you say your difference is of between your childhood and your adulthood with uh, your theosophy? You know, you said you were you're going on the uh, the darker side to the light, but don't they complement each other in one way or another? Exactly. That's where I'm at now, right now, with everything that I do. I live in a world of darkness but no one sees it. So I let people know. I talk about it. I share those things. I don't want to hide behind in that anymore. So, but I also present a positive message. I like to have fun, you know, crack jokes. It's the old legend or fable of the set, the clown, you know, the sad clown behind the mask, you know? No, that, that... But, um, but I do, but I, I, I see the comparisons from my childhood to now. I'm like, I tried to avoid the dark side, but instead I became the dark side. But it all, it all complements. It's all the same thing. There is no light and dark. You know, it all works together. No, the, you're you're right about that because if you, the dark is always out there. If you look for the dark, right, you're always right, going to discover right. it. But you you realize that actually you are the light and the dark. Yes, I mean that's that's and they say my journey is forty six year forty six year journey has brought me to where I am now. I am the Reverend Fry Daddy. Okay, I'm an original. Floridian, Russian. <laughs> All right. Well, let's drop into some dreams real quick. Okay. Okay. When you actually, do you fall asleep real easy at night or do you have difficulty falling asleep? Lately, well, over the past several years, it's not as been in the same way as when I was younger. My dreams nowadays are basic standard mazes, patterns, um, puzzles, things along those lines. There are no more of those. You know, the monsters in the bushes or the, the fear, the hidden hidden things. It's always trying to find something to do, a way out or something like that. How do you usually travel in your dreams? <sighs> How do I explain it? No, you got plenty of time, dude. I'm barefooted. I'm barefooted a lot. Okay, cool. Go with that. If that makes, if that makes sense. I notice I'm always barefooted when I'm walking through the puzzles or trying to find the labyrinth. Do you feel the ground beneath you? No, I do not. But I can feel the the sensation of the cold or the warmth that I'm 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 actually on in contact with. So I'm not feeling the pressure, I'm feeling the comfort. Do you meet people that you have met before? No, it's always the uh, it's always it's funny. I'll carry sometimes um, friends or relatives, but a lot of times there would be a lot of new people. But when I do travel and I see someone that I have known in my past or I'm currently seeing, their back is always turned. It's always the new people with the faces towards me. Okay, I had a friend like that. He said a lot of uh, the people in his dreams have no uh, faces and no eyes. No, I see. I've always been able to see the colors and smell the smells. I mean. I got back, even started back when I was younger, about 13, 14 years old, astral projection. Okay. I didn't big into that. Okay. No, no. Let, let's jump into that real quick. Okay. Astral projection. How do you practice yourself? Because a lot of people, you know, they know some people have experienced it. Some people haven't. How do you actually set your mind to prepare yourself before you go to sleep if you're going to try to astral project? Oh, I already, because that was my plan. That was my plan. I knew what I was going to do. I knew the techniques. I just knew that I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but now it's funny because 
I don't encourage people to do it, and I don't want to be mean or sound like that's a bad thing because there are complications with it. There are consequences. As a child, I didn't know those things. I'm smarter now. Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't do it, but be aware there are situations you can get yourself into. Did you ever bring something but back with I, you from your astral I projection? Down, I would sit down. Yeah, I would sit down straight in my bed, no music, no none of the candles, no anything, no paraphernalia, nothing, and just go into my mind and let that go away. Now, as I found LSD, it became a lot easier. Of course, that was the 80s. <laughs> right. You know, I had a better connection to the other side through the idea, well, with the introduction of hallucinogenics. It did carry me a little bit further, but when I did practice actual projection, I knew I can actually, you know, see myself in other rooms and actually, you know, be there. And it was, it was, it was scary. And I would tell my friends about, there's like, no, you didn't do that. I'm like, okay. So I don't talk about those things. I let those things go. You know? What about night terrors? See, that's the same thing. They're all, to me, they're all the same. Mean dreams have always been like good companions because things happen. Whether good or bad, things happen. Night terrors, I have had the par- you know, paralysis where you are awake and can't move. Um, I would growl in my sleep. I would have the fights. I would have the body movements. I've had this actually recorded before on video and audio. Um, I've, had, I've had some battles in my dreams in my past. Um, one particular entity was a house, but that's no here, no there. But um, I, the night terrors, I don't sleepwalk. That's a benefit. That is that is a serious benefit of what I go through in my head, <laughs> especially when I'm in the dream world. But I mean, as I got older, now that I don't sleep as much or I sleep different patterns, the dreams are not as crazy or wild as they were. Now it's just more or less. It's like I'm always in a puzzle now or a pattern or trying to find a way through a labyrinth it's always something like that okay do you think you're never, do you think you're stronger in your dreams or do you think you're stronger yeah, in your waking yeah, world yeah, I'm, I'm more aware i'm more i'm more aware of how they work I'm, I'm more aware of you know what actually goes on you know yes i love the idea of freddy krueger but i'm saying i know that dreams the dream world is another reality stream it's another dimension it's whatever people want to call it but it's a way to get in through your subconscious you know it's a doorway there. Okay. Now, what about repeating dreams? Have you had a... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my house. I, the, my house was one... That, I've actually wrote stories about it because it, it just spooked the shit out of me. Okay. Tell us tell us some of that. What, 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 what comes through in your dreams when it comes around with your house? Okay. No, it's not my house. It's, basically, it happens... It's a recurring dream where I would be a certain age, walk by a spooky house. It could be a regular house, but to me, a child is a spooky house. Let it go. As I get older, have another dream. The house appears back in the dream for some reason. I'm like, okay, I've seen that house. Get older again. I've had another dream about this house. Now I want to confront the house because I'm in my dream. I know something's different. So I confront the house. I enter the house. I search it. And I find this painting up in this attic of this old man. And it's covered in a red cloak. So in my dream, I buy the house and have it destroyed, burnt to the ground. Several years later, I was having a dream with a friend of mine, basically like in Orlando. You were in the Orange Grove or, you know, some woods partying, bonfire. So we're all hanging out. And I see this vision of a house sitting in the corner of, like, the woods. 
And I'm like, really? <laughs> it's in my dreams. I'm like, why is it following me? Um, years later, had another dream. I was at a pool party, and I needed to get kidnapped to go to this facility and was being held there. And I finally escaped the facility. It's like barbed wire fences, you know, the brick walls. Escaped it finally, looked behind me, and there was the house in digital form now. I'm like, why is the house following me? <laughs> so I wrote stories about it. It was, it was just beyond spooky, but it was cool, though. That's why I know I'm stronger in my dreams because I've already faced, you know, a thing like that, a, a situation like that. Okay. What, now I'm going to... The last episode I did of the Sandman Lullaby, I was talking with... Uh, well, back in 15, I did, I did an interview with Amanda Fornham. And she was a suicide survivor. And the last episode I did, number 16, I had her, she went back home to Pennsylvania and she talked about, she finally made a video talking about what she was suffering through suicide. And see, now this gets into not suicide, but let's just jump into depression. Okay. Now has, okay, that's what I'm getting at. How does depression have an effect on your dreams it limits them i think my i think honestly my depression and my um the whatever it you know irregular labels they've given me for my diagnosis i think they limit my dreams now the medicine i think that's, no not the medicine the actual the actual irregularities the disorder the illness disability whatever you want whatever they call the mental things that they give us the depression, the you know anxiety, the uh, Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, you know, all the labels they give us. I think those actually limit my dreams. Do they make them less real, or do they just restrict the numerous ability to, for you to move on in them? That's what I'm. That's where I'm at now. Like I say, my my dream patterns now for the past several months have just been over um, going into a situation trying to find a way out. The, 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 the puzzle, the labyrinth, the maze. And it's always trying to find a way out of something. Not to something, but out of something. Is it a different maze, or is it the same type of maze? Oh, no, oh, they always change. They always change every time. Okay. That's that. what it, and it, and when, I get to the, when I get near the end, and I'm like, oh, you did it again. You put me in a maze. Do you get out of the maze, or are you always stuck in it? No, I'm always stuck. I'm always trying to find the way out. Do you make it out? Nope, never. Really? It, it always loops. Wow, that's... I'm going to have to do some thinking about that one. But I'm comfortable with that, though. Because I, I understand how it plays and also in my real life. Okay, so... So, so, so you're, 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 you're like... This is going, you know, according to H.P. Lovecraft. So you're, what you're saying is basically your dreamlands and your waking world are complementing each other. They pretty much cross over sometimes. Okay. I can have dreams on long week, too. What about deja vu? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Bouchard de deja vu. Yeah, we, 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 we friends. We are real. They are proven many a times. It ain't just like, you know, think you might have seen something before. I'm actually like, oh, now I know why I'm here. <laughs> What would you say your most uh, extraordinary event of deja vu might have been? The house. Oh, the house coming. I found it. I found it in Ohio in 2008. Describe this house. 
it's a basically like one of those looks like an old two-story house. It's got um, purple like painting on the eaves, and it's not even it's not shabby. It's not run down. It's got the you know the good old-fashioned shutters. The, you know the the the, um, the what do you call them? The columns that sit on the front porch. Looks like a regular ordinary two-story. You know what do you call it? Victorian house? What I mean? How are they describe it? It's a regular house. But yeah, I actually saw it in Ohio in 2008. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Did you experience some of the paranormal when you're in that house? I never went. I drove by it and I'm like, wow. Also, all you did was just view the house itself. Yeah. And it's always stayed yeah. with you? Just in case. Huh? I said the house has always stayed with you and all you did was view the house? It stayed with me up until I was about 24. That's when the dust when the dream stopped. That's when the house dream stopped anyway. There's you- never been anything else you know, past that. Until I moved to Ohio in 2008 and I drove down this road and I was like, wow, I'm not going inside, just in case. That's how I think. That's how I believe my life is. Just in case there was a painting of an old man up in the attic with a red cloak. Just in case it was there. I, I didn't want to find out. I really didn't. I was not that excited. I was like, all right, just in case. <laughs> what do you think about attachments? As in what? I'm thinking, I'm just trying to figure out, because this house has just played with you all of your life, and I'm just wondering if, if, if that house had some kind of significance in your past. How Do, do you believe in uh, past life? <laughs> Funny you should mention that, sir. That's what I do for a living. I believe in future life. I believe in future life. Cool, cool. I believe I am living my past life from a future ground, future of existence. Give me some more of that theory. That's actually deep. I like okay. that. You know how past lives work. People look at what have they done in their past lives. Right. Correct. Right. Okay. There is a future of me looking at himself going, what have I done in my past life? And he's seeing me. Well, I, I, I agree with that because I actually believe in people haunting themselves. Well, here's the thing also, but there is no future. It's not predetermined. It's not set. So my theory shut out the window. I, I love paradoxes. I love the complexities of the universe because they give you so much fun to work with and people take it so seriously. Yeah, but doesn't that make life beautiful, dude? <laughs> I, I mean, just when you have, when you're able to think in these concepts, I mean, if we would have thought in these concepts like probably 500 years ago, both me and you probably would have been burned at the stake. Oh, yeah, we've been side by side barbecuing right down the street. Yeah, they would have got us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everything. Quick question. This is part of the closing little things that I do usually when I'm uh, interviewing people, when I'm talking about dreams. Uh, Living or dead, if you could meet somebody in your dreams, who would you like to meet? Living or dead? I mean, in in dreams? Yeah. That can be anybody, really. Yeah. It can be be, um, someone I met like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. my, I, I really don't have a choice of someone I want to meet in my dreams because I meet everybody. Is there anybody you'd wish to see again that might have been from your uh, family in your past or anything that doesn't oh, yeah, show I mean, up? If I, not if, I mean, I wouldn't want to see my mom in my dreams. But then she's looking at me going, boy, I knew you was wrong. I <laughs> knew you was wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. That, I mean, it would be cool to hang out my mom in my dreams. That would be cool. But like I said, I I really don't have a preference to meet anybody in my dreams. I meet everybody. That's cool. That's cool. If uh, you have some passing words of uh, wisdom, would you like to tell the, the world right here? Because here on RPA, we have a very large listening audience that uh, they're, they're involved in the paranormal. They're usually involved in the occult and different areas of research. And uh, this is your opportunity to uh, to put it out there, Reverend. So give, give me a little bit of your wisdom. So before I say that, I want to say I want to go back to the suicide thing. I was actually hoping to get on that episode also because I am a three-time survivor myself. But that's, you know, I guess that's for a different show. But, yeah, I have said this for years, and I quote this honestly. Don't trust anybody, not even yourself. If you allow somebody to screw you over, you have screwed yourself over. You cannot blame them. You cannot pull a victim card. So don't trust anybody, not in yourself. Don't even give yourself trust. Don't live by that. Just pass that along. Because that was a younger me. That was how I looked at the world. Now I look at the world and I realize and I know it's true. I'm not paranoid. I know y'all are coming to get me. That's the way I like to live my life. And that is Reverend fry daddy hey rev if uh they want it if they want to get in touch with you what's an easy well you're on youtube too right yes i am go, rev fry daddy. go ahead and give your your information on there if people want to listen to you on uh youtube yep it is reverend fry daddy you can't miss it there's and only if you want to find me on twitter it's tattooed monk 71 and there's only one Reverend Fry Daddy. Dude, hey, I'd, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking some time to jump into the Sandman Lullaby and just just kind of BS our way back and forth and uh, see what's going on in that world of Reverend Fry Daddy. Dude, Rev. Can I give you a little bit of credit real quick? Go ahead. Go. Every time I hear your name, Patrick, when Jester says your name, I'm like, oh, yeah, Vampire Dude. That's how I recognize you. <laughs> I'm like, Vampire Dude. How did oh, you know? How did you know I did vampire? Because you, you your your profile picture. No, that was that profile picture was when I was running for mayor of Lakeland. Oh really? Well, yeah. you look like Sean Aston with fangs. And oh. Like, every time, <laughs> but every time he says Patrick, I'm like, oh yeah, vampire dude. No. That's, how, that's how I associate it. No, last year I uh, the the person that was running for mayor of my hometown, he was running unopposed, and I don't believe in. Uh, and letting somebody run unopposed for something like that that's going to affect my life. And right. I went out there and I put myself on the line. I got I, I, I received 10% of the vote in the city. And actually, that's very large. for that was, That's a couple thousand people that actually voted for me. So they wanted some redneck hillbilly that plays heavy metal music and plays deicide in the middle of the night. Deicide. Who knows about deicide besides me? Yeah. I know two people in this world have heard of deicide. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought you know deicide. I wear the trifixation. I have the trifixation um, tattoo from like when I was 15 years old. Really? For the people yeah. out there that don't know who Deicide is, when people were in Guantanamo Bay down in Cuba, that's the music they would play to uh, 
basically torture them. So, but they're to, rocking out. Yeah, but they're, to, they're rocking out. Yeah, me and you would be just saying, "Hey, can you turn it up, Reverend Fry Daddy?" I like to thank you for being here. Let me give some uh, information out real quick before we disappear. Uh, don't forget. On Monday, you have Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Yeah, he is the man, the power, the man with the sour. Well, the man of the hour, the man of the power, the man It's too sweet to be sour. I had to get that right. On Tuesday, you have Aaron's Horror Show. That's with Aaron Frail. He basically gets into a lot of the uh, horror stories and a lot of the horror movies, so you don't have to get into them because, truthfully, a lot of the stuff out there really sucks. But Aaron gets right to the heart of of it and he's the man and on wednesday you have terry's mysterious moments that's with uh terry from texas he's celebrating i think his uh, second year with rpa and uh he has some uh he does cryptos like bigfoot uh he did stuff on uh on haunted ships he you name it he does it so uh that's what's going on in the world of rpa that's real paranormal activity.com for the people out there reverend fry daddy yes sir duder i hate i want to thank you and uh just hold on for a second and uh and i'll talk to you on the other side otherwise ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages you have been in the sandman lullaby Ha, 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 ha.